Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Welcome back, everyone, to the Awards Radar podcast. I have just come out of my tryptophan-induced nap from Thanksgiving, and uh, it was great. I would love to still be in it. But that will be put on pause for a little bit to talk about movies, because we're prepping for the sort of last big week of Oscar reveal. So we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll play a game. We'll answer some questions. And then it's kind of late, so I think some of us will be going to bed after that. So we're going to have a good time. Uh, Miles, uh, the uh, still married Miles, as far as I know, is here. I am here, and this is my last podcast in Florida. I'm sitting in a mostly empty apartment. This is great. Awesome. And then are you driving all the way there? Yep. Just under 24 How hours altogether. Drive? All right. Spread out to what, three days, four days? Uh, we're, we're spreading it out a little bit. So we're doing a day in New Orleans, a day in San Antonio, a day in Roswell. So it'll be just under a week altogether. Wait, you're going to do a day in San cool. Antonio? Yep. Why, uh, aunt and uncle live there. <gasps> Miles. I live in San Antonio. That would, if it, Let me know. Maybe we can grab a beer. Yeah, that'd be good. Pick it. Pick the time when we're doing the podcast. You can just record together. There we go. <laughs> well, you know, that's not sure, but I mean, you know, okay. <laughs> this has to benefit me, or I don't care. <laughs> I, um, yes, Ryan is here. Hi, everyone. It's uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, but uh, happy belated Thanksgiving. And uh, I don't know if you guys said like your favorite side or anything. Um, we can do that in a second. Yeah. Um, it's also Hanukkah for those who are into that's that. That's true. Like myself, and it's the holiday um, season. Uh, when this releases. Yeah. It's so, the holiday indeed. season. Oh, no, no. Don't do that. No, no. That sounds like Kevin Spicy. Oh, oh, How yeah, dare you? Yeah. How but dare also, you, too, sir? I don't, I don't listen to yeah. Christmas music until exactly two weeks before. So December 11th is when I start listening to Christmas music. So you just is, never uh, go shopping during that time? Well, the great thing is Covers a lot years. of shopping is online. Oh, so, smart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is technically my first Christmas, and I've informed her December 24th around like 1030 at night. Is when I'm al- I'm allowing it. Yeah, because we'll I hate or, like when I was in college, they played the same songs over and over at my job to the point where it like it just like all the songs are now like they grind my gear after a certain point. Fair enough. Uh, and Steve is here. Hi everyone, I'm here. Wait, Miles, you're gonna be in Roswell? I don't live in Roswell. Have fun. Oh, <laughs> is that not where the robots are produced? That's not. No, it's not the robots. No. The aliens. The aliens <laughs> that make the robots. All right. Oh, okay. Indeed. So it's there a you step go. removed. Quickly, everyone's favorite Thanksgiving side or accompaniment. Miles? Uh, this year it was red cabbage. It was a newbie um, at our table, but I loved it. Mm. Ryan? Um, you know, I really over, because I think it's the only time of year you can really have this, is stuffing. Like, the mm. stuffing that we had, like, you know, a good stuffing really yeah. did well. But, like, I got to admit, I made the turkey this year, and I deep fried that sucker, and it just, like, melted off of the turkey skeleton. And so, like... That is a good start, actually. Yeah. And so, turkey and uh, stuffing were the were the highlights. Um, mm. And then my dad's homemade pumpkin pie. It's not with canned pumpkin. It's with actual real pumpkin in it. It's fantastic. All right, cool. Steve? Uh, it is, and it has been, and it always will. WD-40. 
Yeah, yeah it is. Jeez. Spoiler. Uh, it will always Quaker be State. stuffing. Yeah. Mm. Stuffing rolls. Stuffing with gravy. I, uh, I have found a way to incorporate stuffing into a more, not day-to-day, but, uh, you know, something I make like once a month. And it was mainly just because I wanted stuffing. Like, it's not the same. You know, we're not going all out and making Thanksgiving stuffing. But I do a, like, chicken and stuffing casserole, which is basically just, you know, you get a rotisserie chicken I usually buy like a like a cubed like cornbread kind of stuffing, cream of chicken soup mixed together, and it's it's not bad. It kind of gets to where you want you know like that feeling of stuffing, but in side dish wise, there's two for me. The one that I do besides Thanksgiving is green bean casserole. Love me some green bean casserole because I put an entire thing of French's onions on them. But just Thanksgiving related, it's got to be gravy. Just gravy made by like kneading. The body of a turkey, yeah, and like, the drippings of a turkey, like the giblets oh. or whatever. Yeah, I mean, not even. I don't even use the giblets. I use the neck. Oh yeah, the, neck. yeah. Um, but when we yeah, were taking my, so apart my... the turkey, we were taking out all the parts on the inside, and and my yeah, and my um, mother in law was like, "I'm going to make a gravy with it," and then we had it with it, and man, it was. It's kind of like chunky, but good it's stuff about it's, it. It's like a. It's almost like a soup. Like when you do. I think it my like uncle that. this year made a a more giblet related one, and it has almost a meatier taste to it. I. Mm-hmm. Last year when I cooked, because we didn't go to, you know, yeah. maybe don't try to kill my grandmother, mm-hmm. um, I, I did her gravy. And my dad's failed for years. One year it literally turned green because he put too much celery in it. Like he could never get it quite right. And I came damn close last year. So I, I was very eager to compare notes with her this year. And I think I'm going to do a follow-up Thanksgiving meal in a couple weeks just to like try it out for myself. So very excited about that. And uh, interesting thing to think about. While we were eating, potentially, uh, Oscar voters might have been watching screeners because they are they are coming in not as heavy as they normally do, but there are there are a fair amount of, of movies that wanted to have the disc, you know, in your hands for Thanksgiving or for the Academy members specifically on the uh, screener site. But uh, so yeah, there are there are movies getting watched now beyond in the theater. So there's there's always the thought of what'll play better, you know what's What's a family movie is not the right word because you don't necessarily watch like sing. Everyone wasn't watching Sing Two at Thanksgiving, but is that a leg up for a movie that is sort of family friendly adjacent? You know, you're you're probably not putting on some of the heavier. You're not putting on the Power of the Dog with your family in all likelihood. Maybe you are, but I don't think that's the the easier sell. Whereas. Something that might be a little lower on some people's predictions, like the tender bar, really does fit as like a gather around and watch the family movie type thing. So if they like it, that's a leg up. If they don't, obviously it doesn't make a difference. But of the things that are out there in the world now, screener wise, I do wonder what's catching up because as we're recording this this evening, the very first crowd watched West Side Story. I'm recording instead because I love you guys. So tomorrow I'm seeing that. Ryan, I think tomorrow or the day after, right? I see it tomorrow as well. Like roughly right, yeah. around the same time as you. Yeah. Yeah, there was Embargo there was a screening right after the movie's over. Exactly. There was a screening today that you couldn't talk about, or tomorrow you can basically talk about it right afterwards. So I'll do that. I hate when they and do then the whole, is... like drop the embargo like right afterwards and then like you have to rush home to write the review and it it's oh, those are kind of messy. But yeah. It's not ideal. But yeah, that's that's also why, you know, 
A lot of times we see it a week or two before that. But like you, but they have, they're not doing that. They're not doing that now. Yeah. Um, and, and Nightmare Alley is, is Wednesday. So that's sort of we have a week to where we're that. at. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's it's just, you know, Spider-Man for funsies. Matrix. And Matrix, if it uh, if it does anything above the line, which I'm I'm not super optimistic about, but below the line, totally in play. So yeah. other than that, it's like fill in the blanks. Like, you know, I, I don't think American Underdog will get nominated for anything, but I kind of want to see the crew. Well, no, there's movie. only one person that thinks that that's happening and that person's dumb. Kurt Warner? No, it's a, a person that was recently fired from a publication. Yeah, we don't need to get into it. or no, oh, yeah, Well, I mean, I, I think that is a vaguely religious sports movie that's not going to do anything beyond oh like, i know that but a, that person was very adamant about it and it's like well you're it just proves well, how dumb you are yeah, well, that movie's not doing anything no. yeah i wouldn't expect it to it's like the draft well, day gonna, of this year you know what i mean I remember i mean i i love day? i love draft day, oh i year. like it too though, it's good like football schlock but it's not like an awards player no 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 nor should it be no. it's just that was that was the money ball afterglow of Oh, they went for a sports movie. Maybe they'll go for sports movies that talk about not the game, but it's harder to make people care about the draft. Unfortunately, I love the draft. It's my jam, but also the trade made no sense in that movie, but we don't have to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the logistics of that movie are just ridiculous. For movie logistics, it made perfect sense for like actually knowing draft value. You're, you're screaming, knowing like the reality of that draft that would have never happened. And the commissioner would have just been like, no, we're not going to have this happen. It's not happening in a million. I mean, I don't even know if that would have happened so much as so many more people were involved in that decision. So the, the actual person that, um, Sonny Weaver Jr. selects would never happen. It would just be overruled. The owner would turn in the card. Uh, beyond the like trading value of like it, it, it's just drama. In any event, I want to let other people chime in about a couple of things. So we're going to kick it off with a Ryan McDermott question, which is a Ridley Scott filmaholic face-off. Bet you can't guess where this is moving towards. Um, mm. First up, Alien or Blade Runner? Oh man. Okay. Um, yeah, these are right from the top. Yeah, I know. These are these are probably my two favorite Ridley Scott movies. Um, yeah, I mean, Alien is one of the great horror movies of all time. Definitely, possibly the greatest sci-fi horror. Uh, and Blade Runner is one of the best pieces of sci-fi ever. Um, I give the edge to Blade Runner. I really like that world, and I think I like Alien, but I like Aliens just a smidge more. Fair. No, Miles, no. Do I actually feel that way, or did I just say that to stir up Ryan? We'll never know. Yeah, yeah, we'll never know. You son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> I, now I don't want to buy you that beer in San Antonio. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, O'Doul's for you. Yeah, O'Doul's for you, sir. Um, I really like Blade Runner. I depending on which cut I guess you see of that movie. Um, but I love aliens a lot. I mean, not aliens, alien, sorry. Aliens sucks. Alien is a masterpiece. And I, I rewatched that during the pandemic and I just, it's one of, it's like that in star Wars, you see a movie and you're like, how in that time did they get to make, this feels so much more realistic and better than how we get sci-fi movies nowadays. 
Mm-hmm. And Blade Runner is really good, but I actually, and I know this sounds weird, but I actually prefer Blade Runner 2049 to Blade Runner. And I think I might as well. I, I actually completely agree with that. I yeah. Blade Runner is my favorite Ridley Scott movie, and I still like 2049 more. Yeah, it's just because I think that movie's it's taking the ideas of that and running with it. Exactly. And, and, and evolving it. And as opposed to Alien, I feel like no other movie outside of like three tries to capture the tone of that movie. It doesn't mean that like it's a masterpiece, Alien 3, but at least it's trying to capture that magic of the, of the first film. And I think that first film has mm-hmm. so much going for it. So, yeah, I would take Alien in a heartbeat. Yeah. Steve? Um, I would take alien over blade runner and talking about 1970s uh sci-fi i would take alien over star wars i think alien's a better movie actually with a, if you take the nostalgia out of it uh it, it holds up much better than star wars so there's my hot take of the I, day. I, hmm. I i don't disagree with that at all interesting um i will go alien as well i've always been a little lukewarm on blade runner it's it's like the OG of me appreciating something without full on liking it. Every every time I revisit it, I keep going. I get it, but I don't think I like it. And it's not anything specific. It's just like I don't know. I think I'm I'm into the world. I almost feel like I like the video game as a kid better. But Alien's great. Next up, Gladiator or Black Hawk Down. Ooh, um, not bad. Gladiator is fine. I think it's way overrated, um, but it's it's totally good for what it is. If a bit overlong, as many Ridley Scott movies of this type are, um, Black Hawk Down is a really really strong war film. That's one of those edge of your seat, like <laughs> you feel like you're in the thick of it. In some ways, that movie is what the opening of uh, Saving Private Ryan was, but it manages to stretch that intensity out to feature length. So I go Black Hawk Down. Um, I really like Black Hawk Down, but I, I'm gonna go with Gladiator. That movie's really rewatchable. I love uh, Russell Crowe's performance, but Joaquin Phoenix is amazing. I think that those action sequences are perfectly put together. I think yes, it is a little bit dramatic, but I think the s- scale and scope of that movie. He's tried to do those medieval action films since, and they just have never worked. And I think he should have won best director that year. I believe like who I, he wasn't even nominated that year, which was crazy if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he it's because he doesn't have an Oscar. It's why we keep trying to chase the idea of him getting one. Um, but it's great work by him. And yeah, Black Hawk down. It's a really good movie, but, um, uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with gladiator. He was nominated for director. Was he nominated? Okay, he just lost to and Black Hawk Down. He just lost to Ang Lee. Nope, nope. Who was we'll it? talk about it in a little bit. Okay, believe it or not. All right. Well, yeah, weird enough. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot what Steve? I forgot about it. Sorry. Uh, Gladiators, mm-hmm. fine. Uh, Black Hawk Down is a blind spot. I've never seen it. I've tried, and I always fall asleep the first ten minutes in because I'm too tired, and I've actually have to go revisit. You don't get to so. the. You don't actually get to the war. <laughs> Can I ask a question about Gladiator to the panel here? Is would mm-hmm. it would it be maybe better? Because I've I've heard this a lot from people like, oh, Gladiator's kind of overrated, or blah 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 blah. Would it mean? Would it be like 
better perceived if that movie had not won Best Picture for Probably. a lot of people. Like, it happens, I don't think it, it would happens have almost as any much non- of a stigma of, as being overrated if it had okay. won. Yeah, just because that's, that's what I'm kind of mean. It get puts, I, it's get put on this pedigree that I personally feel like maybe it doesn't deserve. I think okay. partially because of that. Whereas I think if it had just been nominated, it would be easier to look back fondly on. Okay. Joey, yeah, that's do you like movies yeah. about gladiators? Ha. I'm... <laughs> Well done. Uh, every so often, he comes in with a good one. Uh, yeah, well done. Uh, it would <laughs> to answer every the so often. Question. Steve is the funniest person on this podcast. Yeah, well, every so often. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that's very true. It would. It's the same thing that happens to Argo. That happens to a lot of films. They they're well liked. They get into the season. They do well. And at a certain point, when it seems inevitable, that's when the the flip happens. I mean, the last movie not to have it happen to was Parasite. It's only because it wasn't the front runner. Last movie before that, to not have it happen to Moonlight, wasn't the front runner. Happened to La La Land right before it lost. Like that's the thing. That is that's the uh, well. I mean, well, the fun of the internet also. So that makes sense. Well, I disagree, but <laughs> that is the narrative that takes hold on almost any front runner. Yeah, that's um, that's what's starting way, to happen with Belfast already. Yeah, by some because people, especially by people who haven't seen it. Yes, um, it's like we can't have joy uh, for like five minutes. You know exactly. Um, Gladiator's good. Black Hawk Down's much better. I'm going Black Hawk Down. Um, Matchstick Man or American Gangster? Uh, American Gangster is a movie I was really excited for, and I felt like it had a lot of potential. Uh, the final film is fine. It's solid, but it's not nearly as good as I think it could have been, given all the elements that were went into it. Uh, Matchstick mm-hmm. Man is great. It's... Uh, yep premium Nicolas Cage uh, right at that point before he got played out, but when he was still doing a lot of interesting roles in mainstream films uh, and Sam Rockwell's great in it. Yeah. Matchstick men for sure. I'm just going to keep going up against uh, miles today Um, in that. I I really like matchstick men, but I don't know. There's something about uh, American gangster. I think it's like Denzel's performance and, um, this giant story and the the setting and everything. I don't know. That movie just works for me. And it's another one of those where if it's on, I end up getting sucked into it and watching it. And like, it, I mean, you have like an insane cast for that movie. It's Denzel, Russell Crowe, Josh Brolin is in it. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Idris Elba, Cuba Gooding Jr., Ruby D, um, Common, uh, there's so many people in that movie. It's 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 kind of crazy. So yeah, I, I I'll go with American Gangster. Fair. American Gangster was just all right for me. Didn't really work. Uh, Matchstick Men was better, uh, but I love the the trio of Allison Lohman, uh, Nicholas Cage, and Rockwell. So I will go with Matchstick Men. As why I. I love that movie. Uh, American Gangster again, fine. Probably should have been better. Entertaining. Matchstick Man is just a delight. Uh, next up, Kingdom of Heaven or Robin Hood? Um, so, interestingly, Kingdom of Heaven is a movie that gets a lot of shit. Um, my understanding is that the director's cut is apparently, like, so good oh, yeah. it's almost a different movie. Hell I haven't yeah. seen the director's cut. I've only seen the theatrical cut. But I remember really liking it when I saw it, so I was kind of surprised that there was so much backlash against it. Um so I am a big fan of that one. Uh, Robin Hood is so fucking boring. 
and lame <laughs> and has nothing interesting going for it. And especially if you know the behind the scenes of sort of what it originally was and how it slowly and depressingly turned into the bog standard movie we ended up with, it's even more depressing. So, um, yeah, out of those two choices, uh, I definitely go with the first one. I don't know that story. Wow. It was originally going to be a Sheriff of Nottingham movie. Oh, that's right. And then it kind of like changes halfway through. Well, right? like at one point it was going to be like Russell Crowe is Nottingham as the main character and Christian Bale as Robin Hood. And then it was going to be Russell Crowe playing both parts. And then it just turned into Russell Crowe as Robin Hood. And it's just a standard action movie. And it's like, oh, well, this should have been really interesting. But now it's oh, kind of nothing. Was it kind of was it kind of like going to make Robin Hood like the bad guy or a little bit like it's going to be from the sheriff's perspective. And then you get to the final film and the sheriff's barely in it. Oh, OK. Right. Yeah. Mm, that, that would have been an interesting film much more interesting than the film we got which is a, a mm-hmm. just i think weirdly has a lot in common with house of gucci and we'll talk about that here in a little bit probably maybe we'll see mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and uh but, but uh kingdom of heaven rules um and i really like that movie uh extended cut and regular cut like both of those movies are just it's the kind of big scale epic film that he can make and uh and do so well and um is it, is it edward norton right place like uh like oh he's the like king, king with like the scarring and everything yeah yeah, yeah. oh my yeah. god what a crazy weird performance that you just like have to see to believe and like liam neeson showing up in a cameo and orlando bloom doing his best and ava green if i'm not mistaken that um, sounds so, right. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And For the years, I, I mixed it up with Troy because they were both at the time just giant, expensive boondoggles. Well, that's Wolfgang Peterson, right? Yeah. No. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. and then, which one is? And then Oliver Stone did um, um, Alexander. Al- Al- he did Al- 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 oh God, Alexander! My God, what a shit fest. Um, remember like the 900 cuts of that movie and it was like you're still making a bad movie dude Um, (laughs) so but yeah I'll go Kingdom of Heaven Steve Uh, I'll go Kingdom of Heaven as well Robin Hood is just garbage Kingdom of Heaven came into the time when there was just too many swords and armor and all that stuff but everybody it's was still trying a, to be Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it, it, I, I actually would like to revisit it because I, you know, at that time I was burned out on it. Now I've kind of mm-hmm. am more willing to jump into that uh, genre, I guess. But yeah, Robin Hood was just tripe. So Kingdom of Heaven. Yeah, I don't, I don't love Kingdom of Heaven, but you can't like Robin Hood. No, it's just not. If you good. like Robin Hood, there's something um, wrong with you. You just like going to the movies then. And that's cool. But I, I, I like know. torture. Like, there's a difference. I feel like it, that movie is so boring. Like people would start dying in the theater. Like it's so I remember, long and it's, nothing's I remember, happening. I remember that weekend because it was either go see Robin Hood or go see MacGruber. And everybody went to go see Robin Hood. That was like, you know, around me because they were like, oh, cool. The big action movie. And I went and saw MacGruber like by myself. And I had a much better time than they did. So I would imagine you yeah, did. MacGruber rules. Uh, yeah. The counselor, or all the money in the world. Um. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I don't have strong opinions on either movie. The counselor is bad, and it doesn't have any excuse to be as bad as it is, considering the cast it has. Um, all the money in the world is more forgivable, but I think I give that one the edge just because I have mad respect for Ridley Scott for pulling the 
11th hour recasting and reshooting uh, to put Christopher Plummer in the movie. And the end result being that he gives the best performance in the movie is kind of uh, wild and audacious. So I give it to all the yeah. money in the world. Oh, oh man. These are both real. One's real bad. I think the counselor's awful. Like the people that find it to be like this um, B film schlocky, like masterpieces are crazy. Um, no, it's not even that. It's not even that bad. No, it's it's not that good. It's not bad enough to be memorable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that they they want the whole movie to be Cameron Diaz fucking the car, and it's not. No, and and I think that that's again goes to what we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, but uh, what was the what was the other film again? Jesus, all, uh, the, money all the money in the, in the world. world. Yeah, see see how forgettable that is. Uh, Which could you tell me three things about the movie that don't involve? The recasting. Uh, Michelle Williams and Mark Wahlberg are in it, and then there was the whole thing about her pay and getting screwed over with that. Does anything you can you tell me anything that happens in the movie? Uh, a child is, yeah, is exactly. missing, right? Or it gets kidnapped. But it's two and a half hours long, yeah. so where's the rest of it? Where's the rest of it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a, it's not great, but I'll pick it because it's like, it's just one of those movies you gotta have to see just because of all the history that happened with it. But yeah, it's the, the counselor like basically like killed Cormac McCarthy's career and I'll never forgive Ridley Scott for that. So yeah. Steve. All right. Uh, I'm going all the money in the world. I actually enjoyed it. That was a fine watch. Nothing, you know, groundbreaking, but you're a fine watch, Steve. Thank you. Um, someone wind me up. Um, but yeah, for the two and a half hours, it was fine. The counselor can't, the same can't be said. So, yeah, one's competent, one's not. It's all the money in the world. I don't love it, but ugh, the counselor has like a really good Brad Pitt death scene, and that's about it. Prometheus or Alien Covenant? Uh, it's not even close. It's Prometheus. That movie has some cool sci-fi concepts going on, and it's got some amazing visuals. Um, Michael Fassbender's really good in it. The cast is overall pretty strong. There's some dumb stuff, and it doesn't really come together, and it goes downhill in the third act, and there's the whole Guy Pearce and old man makeup. Why did they do that? But um, <laughs> it's it's still better than Alien Covenant, which is a big nothing of a movie. Yeah. Basically killed a franchise. Um, that's what Alien Covenant did at this point because no one's been able I mean they're trying to like really wants to make what his last one for this tr- stupid he trilogy he wants one and, more well yeah, and, uh, I think Noah Hawley is doing a TV series and the Hall- yeah. yeah Holly's doing the television series which actually is like thank god because like really Scott needs to stop doing them and I don't want anything that Neil Blomkamp touches in the history of time uh, anymore <laughs> so um, yeah it's Prometheus because I actually like the cast is pretty good there and um though <laughs> alien covenant has probably the best scene out of them both where it's the dual fast benders uh because yeah. oh, that where they scene, play the flute together yeah that's the funniest thing i've ever seen in my life and it's not supposed to be i think intentional but like it's no it's it is it is implying that that it is implying that david is basically trying to have sex with the other David. It's basically... Well, David tries to have sex with everyone in that movie. Like, Hey, there's there's nothing wrong with that. Who wouldn't want to be with Michael Fassbender? Yeah, but like he tries to make out with one of the aliens at one point. Like, he just won't stop. (laughs) Yeah, it's... it's And he poured in a storm. Yeah. Yeah. But Prometheus. 
I'm going Prometheus. Uh, I think there's a lot of great moments in that film. Unfortunately, uh, I think they pulled back and didn't stick with the original vision. I think there was I think there was an idea there that wasn't completely well, you know, fully baked. And then with Covenant, they just took the unbaked dough and stomped on it. So I'm going yeah. Prometheus. The best of the bunch is the Red Band trailer for Alien Covenant, which is just the alien killing people in the third act as a trailer. And that was cool. Uh, as movies, I don't like either of them anymore. Prometheus is better. I liked it at the time, and just all the logic issues after the movie like started to bother me, like on the walk to like dinner afterwards. It's like, did they get lost in a circle? Which Well, not only did they, they did, get lost in a circle, circle, they had the map guy with them. Yeah. The yep. guy whose only and also, job was to map the place got lost. Yeah. And then there's the whole like, Oh, we're we're we specialize in this stuff. We're scientists. Here's a new species we've never seen. Let's take off our helmets and touch it. Let's tickle it. Yeah, they're yeah they're very stupid. Yeah. but it's still better than Covenant. All right, and to lead us into our discussion, Last Duel or House of Gucci. Are we taking this as an opportunity to talk about House of Gucci? Or uh, yeah, you tell me which one you like, and tell me which one you like first, quickly, and then we'll go into Gucci. Okay. Well, I like The Last Duel because it's a good movie. It's probably my favorite of his medieval movies. Um, I like how I like how Miles was like, "It's a good movie." Like that's the new one thing against between the, other the two. One it's it's the about. only one that has the right to say that. I know, right? Um, no, it's really good. Jodie Comer's great in it. Ben Affleck is hilarious. Um, oh, so good. I, I, I like the the structure of the story, and it's you know it's addressing some stuff that. Um, it's kind of sobering to see just how little has changed over centuries. Uh, House of Gucci, I, I guess we'll get into it in a second, but uh, yeah. oh, God, it is just a three-hour dumpster fire that I'll never get back. Um, I, I'm not going to even comment on Gucci yet until we talk about it. Um, the Last Duel is the answer. It was always going to be the answer because... What we what you can mostly gather from uh, Ryan's uh, filmic face-off or the movies that he kindly did not uh, put on the list is when Ridley Scott has a great script, then he makes a pretty good movie, or not even a great script, just a good script uh, by competent writers. When he doesn't have competent writing, uh, like House of Gucci, then the movie is a giant mess. And I think that The Last Duel is fantastic. It's one of the better scripts of the year. Uh, I think it was a gamble, obviously, because all, all three of them wrote three different acts, and they brought it all together, and it worked. Comer's fantastic. Uh, Driver and Affleck are amazing and have great chemistry. Damon isn't as bad as people think it is. I think that the first act is obviously the weaker one because the other two are stronger. But yeah. it lays the foundation for what is to come, so I forgive that first act. I think it's one of the bigger surprises of the year, and I really, really enjoyed it. And for a movie that is pretty much the same runtime as House of Gucci, uh, the last duel flew for me. I was on the edge of my seat. I was trying to figure out how it was, where it was going to go, what perspectives we were going to see, picking up clues along the way. Like it was, it's so shocking to see both films side by side in a year. And show how 
Ridley Scott could be one of the great directors that we still have working today and one of the shit directors we have working today. All in the same year. It's kind of crazy. He, he he is magical like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's The Last Duel. I haven't seen Gucci, but I uh, Last Duel, I think, is it's more complex than you would expect. Uh, great performances, great sound, great editing. Um, I, I hope that it finds its audience. It didn't do, obviously, people know it didn't do well in theaters. And uh, that was spoken a lot about in this last week or so. Uh, I do hope it finds an audience because it deserves it. It's not a toss, a throwaway film like a, you know a lot of the gladiator sword fights films. It's it's got something more to say, and for that reason, I go with the Last Duel. As do I. Um, I've spoken about both enough that I'm going to keep it short and sort of transition into Gucci. Um, yeah. Last Duel, I thought the first act was rough. Second act was great. Third act was great. Horny Ben Affleck, I'm here for at all times. In fact, he would have been great in House of Gucci, actually. Um, House of Gucci has the highs and lows of Ridley Scott. There are some of his worst and some of his better stuff. So, I've been on record saying I think it's trash, but mostly fun trash. Um, At least the first hour and change, it it goes downhill the more it wants to be a true crime kind of thing. And I didn't really care about the crime in the slightest, but some of the, like, just out there, like that scene towards the end with Pacino and, and, and Leto. I don't love Leto in the movie, but there's two actors that are both on, like, 12 and a 1 to 10 scale in terms of how big they're going. And that's just kind of fun to watch. It's almost like you're at someone's house and they're doing, like, a murder mystery game and you're supposed to be playing an Italian. So you just go so big. So I had a good time with that. But what's the better movie? It's it's 100% Last Duel. Um, Miles has a, I'm sure, very mild take on House of Gucci he'd like to share. So yeah, um, Last year, oh my god. House of Gucci is one of the worst films I've seen this year. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's terminally boring, except for when Jared Leto's on screen, when it becomes Whoa. the worst movie ever made. Oh, okay. They, there you go. Okay. No, no. To be clear, Jared Leto gives the worst performance I have ever seen that I know is going to get awards attention. It is cringe-inducingly terrible. And I know people have been eating it up, and I genuinely, for the life of me, can't understand it. Because he's making big choices, but not a single one of them land. And it's mm-hmm. distracting, and it's painful, and it's awful. Everyone is acting like they're in a different movie. Pacino is fine. Jeremy Irons is fine. Driver is the most understated, which, as He's asleep. as the movie gets more boring, becomes more of an issue. I was kind of surprised that even Lady Gaga I didn't think was especially good. I think she's her performance is just too uneven. She's doing hysterical one moment and sincere emotion the other, and it just never really comes together. The story could have potentially made for an interesting movie, but not like this. It's so long and it's so dull and it's tr- and it doesn't even work as like the high trash, I don't think, because mm-hmm. it's not campy consistently enough to be entertaining in that way. There's like a small handful of scenes that kind of get there very briefly, but not enough to make it worth it. If you're listening to this and you're tr- on the fence about whether or not to see it, I'm just going to speak for myself. There's so many so many better things you could be doing with your life than watching this movie. If you want to take two hours and 40 minutes to watch paint dry, that'll be a better use of your time. (laughs) Um, I won't 
say it's one of the worst films I've seen this year, but it's definitely the most disappointing film I've seen this year because it had the potential to be great. And I think sure, the story mm-hmm. in House of Gucci, now hear me out, wait for it, okay? The story is a fantastic story. It's a very interesting story, but the screenplay is a mess. The pacing of this movie is a mess. The tone are all over the place. Uh, the performances are shit. I mean, let's just call it what they is. Like, I don't even think Lady Gaga is good in this movie. I think she's horrible. Her accent is evidently from the dialect coach more Russian than it is Italian. Um, Irons is fine. Leto is like an embarrassment. Um, his comments about it have been an embarrassment. Uh, borderline like just offensive driver i think is really good but i that's not surprising because adam driver is the best actor working today period and so he can he can do whatever he wants in any movie and he's never going to be bad in it he just never will even something like a bad movie like rise of skywalker and marriage story he's still the best thing about the those movies and al pacino's actually i think pacino is surprisingly very effective but um joey you've seen uh the hand of god right miles have. uh not steve yet. have you seen the hand of god i've not Either one of waiting you? for me okay so joe you can attest to this the hand of god basically takes place at times at the same locations early on in house of gucci um mm-hmm. and both films though one looks beautiful which is the hand of God, like what Paolo and Sorrentino is able to do with the camera. Cause he's just a very visual aesthetic director is breathtaking in comparison to what Ridley Scott does, which he takes this movie and makes it look horrid, makes this beautiful country look dark and gloomy and depressing. And I just sat there amazed at how you can suck the life out of a project so quickly miles is right like this movie is two hours and 40 minutes it should be only two hours it forgets that lady gaga is the main character by the last 40 minutes of it um the camp stuff is is fine i wish there was more of it i wish it was more slocky i, I slo- you know sloppy i wish it was uh, i wish it, i wish paul verhoven was doing this i wish that Sorrentino God, that was doing this infinitely better movie. I mean, like mm-hmm. watching Benedetta and then watching it was like a holy hell, like House of Gucci should have been done by Paul Verhoeven, like not even close. Um, and so, yeah, I just I don't know where I would see it in the awards contention because I've heard rumors that people in Los Angeles love it. But then I've heard the same screenings people were divisive on it i've heard that in new york people fucking hated it i Uh, think people still go below the line for it because it has that like veneer of that's the thing though it's like if you go online and you see the clip for house of gucci like the the clip with um with leto and um and gaga where it's the father son house of gucci thing that we see from in the trailer if you look at the thumbnail that they use the photo there the lighting is spectacular you yeah. can see the colors in that scene, but then you click on it and it's drab. And I don't, and that's the thing that they're going to have to manipulate in a bake off 
in order to to get that and that's what's going to be so terrible because like i think that judging the costumes in the film is just as important as seeing them in person in a reel or whatever and if you watch this movie all of its aesthetics are shit Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, uh, I, Joe, I know you are a little bit more of a fan of this than the two of us, but I just I think I called myself a fan <laughs> so much. I think my expectations were so much lower than anyone else's. I didn't have that expectations. My expectations were rock bottom. They yeah, we were like, like those trailers looked. I mean, the first trailer was shit. And then the second yeah. trailer, I was like, oh, this is a little better. But I just think that, I mean. And I saw this movie, yeah, been, bright-eyed, bushy-tail, early in the morning, 11 a.m. Uh, showing, and I saw this thing um, like two weeks before uh, it dropped, and I just drove home, and I had to call um, a friend of mine who had seen it, and I had to talk to him about it because I couldn't understand why it made the decisions that it did. There are moments where scenes end, and they and, and it, they shouldn't end. It's just, I mean, my God, what a calamity. Yeah. Well, I uh, I will say it did, uh, okay, B-plus cinema score. Um, it made, a, made solid money. Didn't do crazy money, but about $21 million. It did better than Respect. It did better than In the Heights. So it's, That's, you know, that just, how much of that is Gaga? That hurts. That hurts me. As much yeah. as I love In the Heights, to say that that movie <laughs> made more money than In the Heights, it's fucking sucks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> on, on the better side of the box office, and we're going to wait on Licorice Pizza until more of you have seen it, but uh, it had the best per theater average of any limited release in, I believe, two years, which is pretty crazy. Um, the last highest grossing like opening, because this opened in four theaters, the last one to do great really was uh, uncut gems which did like a half a million in five theaters mm. this did 335 grand in four theaters and that's pretty crazy it tripled the average for come on come on and the french dispatch and there's way more wes anderson fans than paul thomas anderson fans yeah so that is doesn't mean much in terms of like oh it's gonna be a hit but boy did people want to see the uh that movie in New York and LA this weekend. So that was pretty oh, cool. Oh, uh, Liquor's Pizza? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I see that Friday and I'm just... Yeah, we'll talk more about it. Salivating to see that movie. Yeah. Um, quickly, let's do another question before we um, play a Ridley Scott and Paul Thomas Anderson related game. Um, we have a question from Jan Peter. Which performance Jan. do you think is being most overlooked this year? Sorry, it's Jan Peter. He's a friend of mine. Jan. All right. Well, he was at the wedding. You, you mean, he's the flower man. Oh, there you go. So, what's I the most what overlooked films of the year? Uh, performance. Oh, performance. Year. Oh. Which is kind of hard, still, because some of the ones that'll be a good answer haven't quite become overlooked yet. Yeah. But we can find some stuff. Ooh, man, there's a ton of performances. Like, um, I think uh, Benedict Wong in Nine Days. It is a performance mm-hmm. we don't talk about nearly enough. I think that that's one of the better supporting performances of the year. Um, I think of, um, and I'm sorry for butchering his name, but Hidetashi Nishijama, for the lead actor for Drive My Car, which is a film that mm-hmm. will be coming out, I think, fairly soon. Um, 
I just watched that movie and it's absolutely breathtaking. His performance is so beautiful and he won't be in the best actor conversation, but he really should be. Um, but then like, I don't know, uh, Olga Meredith obviously in, in the Heights. Like I think people sort of are forgetting about that film. Um, I would even I think some of that was a little unfair in that it was, we need to have a person out of it as like a contender as opposed to organically letting it come. Yeah. And that didn't do her favors either. Well, also, that movie needed that movie needed to like not it's hard to explain. I just I feel like there's a different ending for In the Heights possibly. Yeah. If it was oh, people like this movie. Oh, it's building in the way that like Crazy Rich Asians didn't start with Oscar yeah. buzz. Yeah, exactly. It, it. it obviously didn't pan out, but it got further than it would have because of that. In the Heights started out with we're the first movie back, sort of, and the first, like, movie movie. So, oh, yeah, it must be one. And then when it doesn't make it, it's more of a disappointment than it, you know, as opposed to, no, it's a it's a big musical thing that's not really shooting for awards. Yeah, and you know what's going to be interesting is, like, all the other musicals that have come out since, I mean, they virtually either have made the same or less or whatever of that same box office that we sort of complained about. It, then there was the whole colorism thing the, that was, like, totally taken out of proportion uh but that's the narrative it's unavoidable it's yeah it's unavoidable now and which is a damn shame and so yeah but i still think that her performance and uh anthony ramos is amazing in that movie and then like natalie morales in in language lessons i don't think that we're i know she's a gotham nominee for like newcomer uh but she's fantastic and like short kotzer and coda uh should get more oh yeah there's plenty of you know and yeah you know, and then like, um, I know it hasn't come out yet, but when people do see Cyrano and see Peter Dinklage and that, and I think Tessa Thompson and passing, uh, is great. And some of yeah, so I, many of these are just like in two weeks, we'll know if they're overlooked exactly. or not. Cause if they start getting nominated, they're not overlooked anymore. I just watched this like, one movie though today and it was a movie called, uh, old Henry. Have you guys seen old Henry? Mm. I, I love it. I've done the interview in the Q and A's with uh, Tim, Tim Blake Nelson. Nelson. I mean, he's fantastic. What a great like little western. Um, yeah. And so, and I think he's fantastic. And a movie that I it was like this was actually Joe like the first movie. I'm like we're back in theaters. Uh, Killian Murphy in A Quiet Place Part Two. Sure. I really love that performance, and I don't think that like he he is doing a better version of like. Uh, like uh, what Krasinski's doing in the first film, and there's yeah. just just like uh, there's stuff like that. But then also, I got I got to give you credit, like uh, like Affleck in the Tender Bar. Like the movie overall is a fine film. It's not, it's nothing breaking any new ground or anything for me. No. But like when he's on screen, like Affleck in that and in in uh, Last Duel, I mean he's really like he's the biggest swing difference. Like yeah, he man. could easily be. The, just the walk away with best supporting actor Oscar and I still have predicted him to win but he could also wind up like just doesn't get nominated anywhere and it disappears he's having a really good last couple of years with performances and I think people should sort of stop yeah. joking on him as like he's a bad actor or anything because it's like no he's delivering like some of the best work we have and I do there. wonder like how much if they put the right campaign out there for that movie mm-hmm. there's no reason why he shouldn't get nominated oh no like he should he but should it's just be in there yeah if Amazon is any good at it, and we're not sure how they are at it yet, we'll see. Who else has a has a pick? Um, so I finally got around to seeing uh, French Dispatch this week, oh. and um, 
Joey, I know you're not a big fan of it. Um, it is definitely the most Wes Anderson-iest movie that has ever Wes Anderson. But it's great. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't like changing anyone's opinion of him with but that. He was great. No. It's great. Uh, yeah. It's probably my second favorite of his after Grand Budapest Hotel. I absolutely yeah. adored it's, it. Uh, it's 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 the closest thing to a Wes Anderson sequel. It's not a sequel. But, but it's, like, it's, it's like it's a spiritual sequel, like, kind of like the Cornetto trilogy. It's it's playing with the yeah. Same it's like materials. the idea. It's like the idea of who's like Clerks Three is not going to suddenly make you like Kevin Smith. Like you're sure. you're you have you have figured out your opinion on him, and the movie he's making is clearly not for you. Like Wes Anderson, this one clearly not made for me. The next one, maybe. Like I like them sometimes, mm-hmm. but this one, like I appreciate it just fine, and like I wasn't bored per se. But I still, like I said, I feel like I'm watching it from 100 yards away. Like, it just, everything that is landing for you guys, I'm like, oh. Well, I would assume yeah, the I 100, guess. 100 yards away, it just depends on where you were sitting in the theater. Mm, yes. Uh, well, um, but, yeah. but anyway, so yeah, I mean, it's it's him playing with the same materials, but like he's discovering new ways to use them. And I don't know, it just, virtually all of it worked for me. I was delighted. But uh, going back to the question... I don't think enough people are talking about how good Jeffrey Wright is in that movie. God, he's so fucking good in that like, movie. Like, it's it's kind of movie where there's such a big cast that, like, many of the actors are only in there for, like, a scene or two and don't... They they can make a good visual impression, but they're not exactly given a, a lot of meat to work with. Um, but Jeffrey Wright gives a very soulful sort of performance that's still, like, humorous and very much in keeping with the tone of the rest of the film. And, you know... The idea that Leto might get nominated and he might not just boils my blood to no end. But um, I think Mm. that to me is a definitive sort of supporting performance where he's just a very memorable piece of a larger whole. I agree with you, Miles. He's so good. And it's like the knock on Wes Anderson for so many years is like he doesn't have black characters in his film. And I think that the best character in uh, the French Dispatch is Jeffrey Wright. Like it's absolutely, it's, and it's like okay, we can kill that narrative because he can just write great I mean, parts yeah, most for those narratives. Most of those narratives are not accurate. No, well, it's yeah, not. Yeah, no. I mean, and we it's can, almost always but people like, who write you know good characters. Well, like, also I, I, they like, tell you write what you know, and yeah. he's a very white pale man. Well, you would know? you rather like the thing <laughs> I've always said about that is like representation is great. We always want that. You want the world reflected in your films, but I don't know that I want it poorly reflected. Also, like, like it could be, it could backfire on his ass, like, quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like there are also times where, like, like Woody Allen also got this a lot. And, like, nobody argues that Woody Allen doesn't write great characters. You're just, you're wrong if that, like, you may not like all the movies, but at his best, he writes great characters. And even some of the bad ones have good characters, but they all kind of are Woody Allen. They're permutations of that, or they're permutations of of Annie Hall, of Diane Keaton. Like if you if you just cast a a non white actor and just make them sound the whitest person in the world, you're not really answering the question that was asked of you. I don't think. So I don't know how that would please anyone. You know, it, that almost seems way more calculating. And oh, I'm going to answer your question by not answering your question. You know, mm-hmm. whereas. I'd much rather have the Wes Anderson thing of like, oh, I cast Jeffrey Wright because I like Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. I just happen to want him in my movie. And look, he's great. Same with, like, for, I, Miles doesn't like Clerks too, but like, for example, Rosario Dawson's the best actor in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, that wasn't written necessarily for her. That was just, I want to cast her. And this worked out great. And that's, 
that's how I think you you also sometimes silence your critics. Just continue to do what you think is right, and things will eventually happen. Or, you know, if you're Ridley Scott, you cast Jared Leto, and that's a choice. <laughs> Steve, who's what's an overlooked character for you? Or an actor for... Oh, yeah. Got another one? You know, I don't know if it's most overlooked, but I would... I was watching Finch, and I think uh, Tom Hanks gets uh, doesn't get credit that he's due because he's just good all the time, and uh, he does great work there. And if it was he was that role was performed in the same way by someone else, they would be getting accolades. But with it, it's Tom Hanks, you go, well, let's see, you know, that's the, he does his thing. So there's my my choice. If you want to look even further, uh, I agree with Nicolas Cage and Pig. And Benedict Wong in nine days, but also don't sleep on Zazie Beats in just about anything she's in. I also have to throw out the name Clay Crawford in The Killing of Two Lovers, one of my favorite films of the year, and he owns it. He owns the film from beginning to end in a performance you don't hear nearly enough about. Like I said last week, there's a lot of small performances out there that really deserve to be considered. Maybe we should do an overlooked nominees segment in the coming weeks. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, I this question's kind of hard for me just because it so depends on who doesn't catch on in the next couple weeks but i'll i'll throw out um renat from uh the worst person in the world she's phenomenal in that movie and i really hope she is not overlooked but that could be um i think tim blake nelson is sort of destined to be overlooked honestly nicholas cage and pig is probably going to be another one of those yeah but, uh, that's the one i'm eternal. worried about because i think he by all rights he should be there but i'm almost convinced that he's not going to get in yeah, I think it, it, in the spirit of this question, I would say almost like a Reed Bernie in mass. Mm-hmm. Like the least likely of the four to get nominated, but doing no worse work than any of them. It's yeah. especially if you rewatch that film, he really shines there. I want to, you know what? I want to put a pin in this because I want to get to the game and I don't want us to be out up too late. I want to do this question again, like in a month. Yeah. When we start to get a sense of this, let's come back to this question periodically because I think the answer might change. But let's sort of, uh, with a little clicker than we usually do, let's, uh, let's recalibrate an Oscar, and let's talk about the year where both Paul Thomas Anderson and Ridley Scott were involved in the Oscar race, which, uh, go figure, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Come on, guys. Actually, I'm wrong. It's, it's, only, uh, it's only Ridley Scott. Sorry. I was trying to do something else, and I didn't make it work, but this is fine. Um... Because I was going to do the year of Magnolia, but mm. that is uh, a different year. I would rather do this one. So Gladiator. Okay. We were talking about Gladiator earlier. It got a lot of shit for winning Best Picture. Do we think it should have? Do we think it should have done as well as it done? Let's let's see. Uh, let's start off with Best Visual Effects. Gladiator wins. If we're recalling, it's Hollow Man or The Perfect Storm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, visual effects nominees were so different just a few decades ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess out of this lineup, I'd leave it with Gladiator. I'm gonna, I'm gonna recall that. Yeah, I'll keep it. Yeah, I'll keep it. I might have gone Hollow Man, but I'm. Indifferent. I was gonna go Perfect Storm, like that. That weight. Uh, that, yeah, those they're fine. It looked real good. Costume design, Gladiator wins. If you recall, you've got 102 Dalmatians. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, or Quills? Recall. Keep it. Ooh. Yeah, recall. 
Uh, I would say keep it, but it's fine. We'll recall. Uh, I go Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I love the costume work in that movie. I'll go with uh, 102. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh, the costumes in that are extraordinary. So, yeah, I'll go with that. Though, if I have a runner-up, if we do runner-ups, The Grinch is fantastic. The Grinch might be my pick, depending on what happens. I'm going to go Crouching Tiger as well. I did not like The Grinch, so I don't want to make... Oh, The Grinch is a bad movie, but he yeah, looks great. The, co- the costumes are great, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because he is a costume, essentially. Yeah, he's basically that is a costume yeah. to make a performance. All right. So Crouching Tiger takes one away from Gladiator. Film editing. Traffic wins. If you recall, your options are Almost Famous, Crouching Tiger, Gladiator, or Wonder Boys. Uh, Arguably should have been the best it. picture five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, keep it with traffic. Uh, I'm a huge fan of that film, but the editing in particular through all the different storylines is immaculate. I agree, but I'm still going to recall. Keep it. I'm going to recall because I have a favorite here, but I uh, traffic's a second choice. Mm-hmm. So, Miles, are you keeping it? Definitely keeping it. Okay. I'm going to go with Almost Famous. As am I. Hmm. I'll follow suit. Almost famous. Woo! Sorry, Miles. Almost famous gets another one. All right. Makeup. How the Grinch Stole Christmas wins. Rick Baker. If you recall, your options are The Cell and Shadow of the Vampire. Three fucking weird movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fascinating lineup. Um, the makeup in The Grinch is really solid, but I'm going to recall. I'm going to keep it with Rick Baker. Never go wrong with Rick Baker. Recall, because you can go wrong. Uh, I'll keep it, even though I'll keep it, even though recall. Um, I have a feeling I know where this is going. But okay, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Shadow of the Vampire. Uh, the work they do to turn um, Willem Dafoe into the actor who played Nosferatu is just so compelling, and the fact that it's both a really good makeup job, but it doesn't detract in any way from his performance. It really just enhances it. It's that's sort of what the best makeup does. So that's my vote. Um, I'm going to keep it with the Grinch because I think that Jim Carrey looked amazing as the Grinch. <sighs> I'm going to go the cell. Cause I want Steve to have to make the choice. All right. I'll make the choice easily. I'm going to go with shadow of the vampire because the Grinch yeah, boy, is some yeah. of the worst makeup. I, I love Rick Baker, but I hate the look of of the uh, of the characters in that Shadow of the Vampire. Uh, making Willem Dafoe disappear into that character is is incredible. Uh, the way they do, he does Fair. that or she does that, they do that. It's mm-hmm. and Buchanan. Yep, it's a, it's a, yeah, yep. Cinematography: Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon wins. If you recall, your options are Gladiator, Milena, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, and Wait for It, The Patriot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now we know what kind um, of academy we're dealing with here. Um, as much as I like the look of O Brother or Art Thou, I would absolutely keep it with Crouching Tiger. Yeah, you got to keep it with Crouching Tiger and Dragon here. I agree. I w- if, if It would be O Brother would be my other option, but yeah, Crouching Tiger. Keep it. Oh, yeah, of, of this lineup, of this lineup, I guess you keep it. Art direction. Crouching Tiger also wins. If you recall, your options are Gladiator, The Grinch, Quills, and Vettel. Interesting. 
Uh, keep it with Crouching Tiger. Um, I'm a recall. Keep it. I'll keep it. No, no strong opinion in the production design give, aspect of it. I would have given Gladiator that. It's pretty good. It's close. Design. Sound. Gladiator wins that one. If you recall, your options are Castaway, The Patriot, Greg P. Russell. Get him an Oscar there. Uh, the Perfect Storm and U571. I don't even know that. Oh, wait. No. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Oh, uh, you know that one. Mm-hmm. I'll recall. 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 Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, for sound specifically, I give it to the perfect storm. I feel like you really feel like you're there. Man, for sound especially, I think U571, the sound design of that, them cramped in that submarine and all that stuff. Like That's mm-hmm. it's pretty good work for that movie. So yeah, I'm going to go with that. Steve? Actually, I'm sticking with Gladiator. The sound in the... Uh, oh, I get, I get the choose. A lot going on. I was going to go Castaway, but... I might go U571. I actually think that's the sound of the uh, submarine is great in that movie. Yes, sir. All right. Best sound editing. Because that was best sound mixing, apparently. Um, when they just called it best sound. Your best sound editing options are U571 or Space Cowboys. There was only two nominees. Oh, well, U571 then. Keep it. U571. Yep. Yep. All right. Original song. Things have changed from Wonder Boys. Bob Dylan wins. If you recall, your options are A Fool in Love from Meet the Parents, Randy Newman. I've Seen It All, Bjork from Dancer in the Dark. A Love Before Time from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Lyrics by James Seamus, remember? And My Funny Friend and Me from The Emperor's New Groove, one of the many nominations that Sting has that you don't remember. I would say leave it with Bob Dylan. Not taking an Oscar away from Bob Dylan, you sick people. Don't do it. Keep it. Yeah, no, I'd leave it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the best one, but it's fine. Bob Dylan's great. Yeah. Uh, original score. Yeah. Crouch Tiger Hidden Dragon wins. If you recall, you've got Chocolat, Gladiator, Milena, or The Patriot. Patriot did better than I remember. I think The Patriot's kind of overhated. I don't think it's that bad of a movie. No, it's it's fun. It's just not a good movie. It's just not it's not historically accurate. That's oh, not even no, not even is. a little bit. But it's, it's like, like it's like we are just gonna fuck with time here. Ro- Roland Emmerich like heard about the revolution and made a movie about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in passing. Either I keep way. That um, that's Roland Emmerich too. For original score, I think you have to keep it Crouching Dagger, Hidden Dragon. That's such a beautiful score. I would recall, though. Keep it. Um, I'll recall, but I'm open to it still having your Crouching Tiger win. Let's see what happens. Uh, I'm Staying gonna, with Crouching Tiger for miles. I, I know. I, I know this. I'm going to sound blasphemous, but I love the score for Shock a lot. So. Okay, we got one for that. Just one for to, Crouching Tiger for miles. There. Yeah, I'm Steve? keeping. Keeping as well. All right. Um, I don't think I'm going shock a lot. So Crouching Tiger wins. I'll go to the Patriot. Why not? Fuck it. Throw my vote away. Mm, nice. Uh, documentary feature. 
Into the Arms of Strangers, Stories of the Kinders Transport, a nice depressing Holocaust documentary, wins. Your other options are Legacy, Long Day's Journey into Night, Scottsboro, an American Tragedy, and Sound and Fury. I'm just going to tell you. Has anyone seen more than one of these? I don't think I've seen any of these, so I'll say keep it because I have no opinion. Yeah, same. Same here. (laughs) Totally fine. I've I've only seen Into the Arms of Strangers, it's sad. All right. Foreign language feature. Crouchy Tiger Hidden Dragon wins. If you recall, your options are Amores Peros, which is uh, in Yaritu, Divided We Fall, Everybody's Famous, and The Taste of Others. Uh, not a bad lineup, but it's Crouching Tiger all the way. Yeah, Crouching Tiger. Recall. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, well, it didn't matter. Oh, come on. Amores Would you have gone... Yeah, yeah, Morris Paris is really good, though, Steve. That would have been the second choice, yeah. All right, adapted screenplay, Traffic Wins. If you recall, you've got Chocolat, Crouching Tiger, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, and Wonder Boys. Uh, this is a really good lineup. Holy cow. Um, mm-hmm. That said, I do keep it with Traffic. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't go with Chocolat. I don't like Chocolat. Uh, I like Chocolat. Chocolat's great. Um... I'm gonna I'm gonna recall. Recall. I'll go with the recall, though I, I do think I still might go traffic, but I'm curious what the option is. Alright, well, I'm staying with traffic. I'm staying with traffic. Okay. I'm gonna go Wonder Boys. Oh. Ooh. That would have been my second choice, actually. Well, that is my choice as well, so There you go. Yeah, let's do it. I'm going Wonder Boys. It wins. I was going to say like earlier, an, an underrated film or underappreciated film. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Should have been, uh, Michael Douglas should have been nominated. Yeah, that's wild that he mm-hmm. wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, original screenplay. Almost famous wins. Yeah. One of my favorite screenplay wins ever. If you recall, I would be disappointed, but the options are Billy Elliot, Aaron Brockovich, Gladiator, and you can count on me. You can count on me a strong second choice, though. Uh, from this lineup, yeah, it's absolutely almost famous. Yeah, almost famous as like a classic. There's no way I'm taking away Cameron Crowe's Oscar. Yeah, no. you know, even even with Aloha aside, keeping yeah. it. Yeah, supporting actress Marsha Gay Harden wins for Pollock. Hmm. All right, let's fix this one. If you recall, your options are Judy Dench for Chocolat, hmm. Kate Hudson, almost famous, Frances McDormand, almost famous, and Julie Walters, Billy Elliot. I forgot Frances McDormand was nominated for that. That's wild. That's uh, a recall. They kind of split the vote. Yeah, recall. Yeah. Recall. Recall. Um, I mean, Kate Hudson in Almost Famous is iconic, and it's easily the best work I think she ever did. So, that's my vote. I prefer Francis in the film, but I am one of those people that thinks that like one Francis has three other Oscars, uh, and two. Like, Kate Hudson's never going to win anything ever again. So, yeah, I would go Kate Hudson. No. Like, Marsha Gay Harden, she has chances down the road. Sure. I'm going Julie Walt. No, I'm going Kate Hudson. <laughs> yeah, I'll go Kate Hudson. It's either one. I would have taken either. But, yeah, there we go. I feel like we fixed that one. Uh, sporting actor Benicio Del Toro, Traffic. If you recall, which I know you initially say you don't want to, like on the on the cusp, you say, no, thank you. But your options are Jeff Bridges, The Contender. Spoiler alert, my pick. Willem Dafoe, Shadow of the Vampire. Albert Finney, Aaron Brockovich, and Joaquin Phoenix, Gladiator. This is a great lineup. God damn, that is a 
all timer of a best supporting actor lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, God damn, this is actually tough. I think we have to recall just to see what happens. Maybe. I mean, I might still end up with Del Toro because I love that win, and I love that first as a eccentric of an actor as he is he has a win um yeah but there are some really good contenders in here um i'll say recall to see what happens yeah i'm gonna recall recall yeah recall let's just go through it can somebody else go first i have to really think about this i'll say bridge is the contender for now i'm gonna go with willem defoe <laughs> Well, I'm going Albert Finney. Holy shit. (laughs) Fuck you all. Um, Well, it's it's Benicio Del Toro or one of those options. Because my second choice... Benicio makes a tie. Yeah, uh, because my second choice would have been Willem Dafoe, because that's one of his best ever performances. Yeah. That was my second choice. And Albert Finney's good. Yeah, everyone's good here. Jeff Bridges is great. Um... Yeah, Willem Dafoe, really close second, but I think in my heart of hearts, I still want to stick with Del Toro. All right. Well, it's not going to get any easier. Actress, Julia Roberts wins. Aaron Brockovich. Here's your recall options. Joan Allen, the contender. Mm -hmm. Juliette Binoche, talk a lot. Mm -hmm. Ellen Burst in Requiem for a Dream. Mm -hmm. Laura Linney, you can count on me. (laughs) Good lineup, good lineup. Uh, I will recall. I'm going to recall. Recall. Uh, for this one, I go Joan Allen. I think she's fantastic Whoa. in the contender. Oh, I love Joan Allen in that movie, um, but it has to be Ellen Burstyn. That is a that is like an all time performance. Like we'll never see someone ever do that again, and probably for good reasons. But it, she's, I know it's like not one of those movies you watch a ton, but like when you see it, it's just it, it's a gobsmacking performance. So. I watch it more than I should. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it has to be. Steve, Burston. I'm going Burston as well. You convince me. Uh, yeah, Alan is my close second. Lenny, my third. But yeah, Burston. Like when she gives her "I'm lonely" speech and the camera drifts for a minute, Fuck. it's because Maddie Libatique was crying and he fogged up the lens. Yeah. And Aronofsky went to go yell at him and then realized why, and that's the shot that's in the movie. Yeah. It's yeah. Fucking Though incredible. I do think Joan Allen is amazing in that movie. Oh, no, mm-hmm. she's great. And, like... Do you do you understand you're under oath? I understand of the two of us, I'm the one that's under oath. Yeah. And then and then Lenny's great. And... Great. I, and, I, and, like, Benoche, I think, is really great in Chocolat. Like, I think Julia Roberts is, is the five, for me, personally, in the lineup. Yeah, and that and says a lot. Which that's yeah. a great performance. But that's a that's a movie star performance. That's yeah. that's in the realm of like the Will Smith and King Richard. Like yep. there's a thing when you watch a movie star giving an Oscar type performance yep. that is a different beast. Mm-hmm. That almost is beyond good and bad. Mm-hmm. Not that either of them are bad, mind you. No. But you're just you're watching something that you're like, oh, I see the wheels turn. It's it's more about the novelty of it almost than it is about the yeah. performance. Exactly. Actor. Russell Crowe, Gladiator. If you recall, your options are Javier Bardem, Before Night Falls, Tom Hanks, Castaway, Ed Harris, Pollock, and Jeffrey Rush, Quills. Interesting. Uh, recall. 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 Uh, I go Tom Hanks in Castaway. It's arguably his best performance. I second Hanks. Well, Tom Hanks is about to win his third Oscar because that's my favorite Tom Hanks performance, period. 
Well, I, just to make it official, I did make my comment about uh, his work in Finch earlier, and uh, his work in <laughs> Castaway is fantastic. There you go. Hey, I liked Finch. All right. You're not a fan? The movie yeah, should, that I did, did too. That movie I like should Finch be in, a lot. In yeah. more categories, too, by the way. Like, it's such yeah. a great fucking movie. Oh, yeah. Castaway? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. God. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of wild Soderberg. that it isn't. It's we- yeah. Castaway, was... a better Zemeckis uh, Hanks vehicle than Forrest Gump. I don't think I disagree. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Um, Soderbergh wins director for Traffic. He's also nominated for Aaron Brockovich. Other options in the category. Stephen Daldry, Billy Elliot, Ang Lee, Crouching Tiger, Ridley Scott, Gladiator. See what we got there. Uh, that is a really good lineup. And my very close second would be Ang Lee for Crouching Tiger. But as mentioned earlier, I love Traffic. It is my favorite Soderbergh film. And I'm so happy that that's what he won for. So I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it as well, by the way. Yeah, I'm keeping it too. I'm not taking uh, Steven ah, Soderbergh's Oscar away. Like recall, it's it's. <laughs> now, now, if Cameron Crowe was there, all bets would have been off. Oh, I mean, or Darren Aronofsky, mind you. Shit, I mean, even but, if even if Zemeckis was there, yeah, like, Hansen, the I mean, direction are, in Castaway is way better than anything. There are better made. options. Curtis Hanson no, would, would have been a nice one for the five. Yeah, yeah. All right, Gladiator, one picture. If you recall, your options are Chocolat, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Aaron Brockovich, and Traffic. Uh, recall. Should have been nominated, Almost Famous. And yeah, I'll, I'll recall. Fuck. Um, yeah, I would keep it, but yeah, recall. Keep it. I'm going to go Traffic, by the way. That's my pick. Uh, I'm also going to go Traffic. It's my favorite of this lineup, although a very close Influencer. second to Crouching Tiger. Steve? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go Gladiator. Oh, yeah. Um, see, the problem is with like this lineup is there's not like another movie in there where I'm like, I'm dying to give that best picture. Yeah, and no, there there wasn't there a clear other, like, like if Almost as Famous is in here, I'd do it. If Castaway is in it, if, if the the contenders in there, if um, if Requiem for a Dreams in there, you can count on me. Uh, you know, there's so many other films. So, yeah, um, you know, I'm going to just give it a Gladiator. That's All right, Gladiator cool. keeps it. Well, there you go. Sorry. Is that the only one of its yeah. wins that it kept? I think I so. Think. That's interesting. Uh, I think we've done that before, too. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Well, let's wrap up and uh, say where you can be found. Miles? Do you have not, not and... like a question or a prompt for us? No, no, no. We can we can just we got more to do next week and it's getting late. I'll, I'll take pity on Steve. He has work to do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He, he's got to get he's got to get me an interview over. Okay. Uh, well, you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M Y L E S on Film. Please check out my short films American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They are both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. Thanks very much to Joey and the site for uh, featuring them in a Sunday Scaries uh, a week or two ago. And um, yeah. Oh, I just saw it in Canto earlier today. It's really good. Not, my, awesome. not quite my favorite animated of the of the year, but very, very solid. Reminded me of like the Renaissance era Disney films. Yeah, Ryan. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterbox at Ryan McQuaid seventy seven. 
you can find my work here and you can find it at in session film words watch and film speak and and i have links to all those i have a, a what is that a link tree on my twitter bio for all that stuff including all the fun stuff we do here um cool. what else oh um having the other podcast that i do we're kind of on a hiatus because i mean we're just so busy right now which is at busting the block you can find that on twitter uh, never heard of it i know well we haven't done one in a while because um we've been trying to COVID, catch up. i know no, no we've been trying to catch up so much uh with everything yeah. that's going on because there's been so many screenings yeah. and stuff um i'm uh, i i finally got to see parallel mothers and i really liked it uh solid being the ricardos was surprisingly great oh it's great um like Laughed. I I think I enjoyed that movie way too much than I should have. Um, I think it's no, it's super crowd pleasing. I think she could win the whole thing. And I'm I talking about Kidman. Num- I think Kidman? I think she's my number two now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I watched Benedetta, and that movie is insane. Right. And in the best way, one of the funniest films I've ever seen. And uh, Drive My Car, like I said mentioned earlier, just a beautifully moving film. So, uh, yeah. I would say try to see all those when you can. And uh, if you can't see any of those right now, then go watch Come On, Come On, which is one of the best films of the year. Yeah, interview with Mike Mills and Woody Norman on the on site the right side. now. Yes, sir. Woody Norman, who basically wanted to tell me how much he hated Twitter, and I was here for it. Basically, Woody Norman is God, and we should all he's bow an, down to him. He's, gonna he's, an adult who's, he is an adult who's pissed he's a kid, and he wants everyone to know about it. And I'm pissed that he's that he's British. So, yeah. Oh, no, he's just too good at this. He's a yeah, liar. He's Steve? better than all of us. Just lying on screen. <laughs> I agree with a lot of what Ryan had said, um, and I will throw into the mix. I will agree with a lot of what uh, Ryan had said, but I will throw in The Hunter oh, Thief. Right. Oh, okay. okay. It's a fun movie. Um, very good. And then King Richard is another one that I was uh, – it hit a lot of grooves that we've been in before, but I still yeah. – it still worked a lot. And I was, and I, going in, not a big Will Smith fan. It had me from beginning to end. I watched it with my family. And everyone loved it, so you know it's it's a mm-hmm. it it serves a, a need, and I'd I'd recommend it. I, w- I didn't think I'd recommend that film, especially after the trailer. Yeah, from the director of Joe Bell. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Lest we forget, never forget. You can find me on Twitter and Letterbox at Filmstork. Um, you can also listen to my other podcast, The Verse. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other places you can find your favorite podcast and uh, i think you'd really enjoy it so give it a listen people are enjoying the, the the recent blind spots where one of our hosts who hasn't seen a uh, very popular franchise like lord of the rings or star wars visits it without doing any research and we sit back and listen to their take on it give it a listen nice uh yeah I can be found at Joey Maggotson, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all that stuff. You can find uh, the website, Awards Radar, on several of those things. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back soon with uh, thoughts on West Side Story and Nightmare Alley and perhaps some other things. Um, Sing 2, if anyone cares. Yeah, we'll talk more about Licorice Pizza. I did some of that last week. Well, I wanted to wait for everyone else to see it before we get more in-depth in it. Uh, I'm very excited to do that. Sing 2? Yeah, I have I have the screener on start, my computer. Start getting those best picture predictions ready, everyone. Yeah. Sing two's coming. I should probably should probably see Sing One first. I'll get around to that. Sing One is actually a uh, lot of fun. I've heard it's delightful. I just it yeah. didn't work out last time, and I just never had a reason. But new, I, I do now. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, cool. So we'll be back next week. Enjoy in the meantime. Hopefully we uh, catch Miles from the road or in his new home or something of the sort. So we'll try to work around that. But uh, either way, we will be back next week. So we will see everyone at the movies and uh, stay safe. Good night. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.